Men of low moral fiber. Choo choo choo. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is how I saw episode two. <laughs> and I know who you talk about, man. <laughs> Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. And I'm Kurt Reynolds. Dirty then. Double down, Don. We need to give a parental advisory for this. Clicking furiously on my mouse. Uh, eat, eat the paella. Question's hot. All right, everybody. Let's get swifty. That was cool. That was fun, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the thing you've been avoiding for years and finally returned to. That's a constant reminder of the thing that caused you the most pain in life. Nostalgia! That and gruesomely murdered family members. Okay, then, moving on. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me, as always, is my older brother and co-host, a man who would never daydream about a roguelike sandbox RPG while chopping off fish heads at a cannery, Jason Helms. Uh, you're, you're pretty emotional when you finished this game. You're pretty emotionally spent. Uh, how are you holding up now? I, I just need to know, did that shark ever eat enough seals? Oh, like, is it okay? <laughs> the shark is what you were worried about. Oh, that, oh, that was seal. that wasn't where you broke down. No, no, man. Uh, oh, oh, it was that that fish boat captain. Oh, Dog, monster, I broke down twice hard. Oh, this dude. was not like one of those games where like I kind of like oh teared up a little. Somebody cut yeah. onions. No, 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 ugly cry, bawling. Right. Uh, so maybe maybe I got issues got to work through. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this is a game that brought him out, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean that. Both of us have had, uh, I guess, this is getting deep real quick. Or getting, getting, oh, yeah. Getting we're there. Rough. We're there. So we're jumping in. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about death later on, right? We'll maybe touch on it later in the episode. But Oh, it might come up. Today, we're talking about last year's big hit, What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, and we're doing stuff a little out of order in this episode. We are, instead of doing kind of the development and history of, there's not a lot of history of since it came out 11 months ago. Uh, and Guys, then, we're almost timely. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. Uh, so instead of doing development, then gameplay, then reception, we're kind of doing them all together. We're going to kind of do gameplay at the beginning and then talk about reception and, and making up throughout the episode as we continue talking about gameplay and what the game meant to us and kind of theories we have and that kind of stuff. So uh, then, of course, we'll play What's the Beer? What's the Song? Talk about next month's game and then our new segment. Talk about uh, what else we've been playing and then our some closing thoughts we have saved for you at the end there. Uh, but yeah, let's let's set it up. I made the connection, Jay. No way, man. Yeah. We teased it when we talked about next month's game last month. This game. Wow. So this game is right up our contemporary wheelhouse. We have kind of two roads, right? We have the contemporary and the nostalgic old ones. We like the old clickers, the slow clickers. Those are our slow clickers. Those are our games. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, when it comes to modern gaming, at least on month, we're all about the walking simulators, right? We did Tacoma, yeah. Gone Home, Firewatch, and now we're doing this. So these are kind of those kind of like the big four pillars. There's probably a couple others I, I'm missing, but... I, Think Dear Esther. Yeah, Dear Esther. I think that's the, the big one that's lurking. Good call. Good but call. if you've got suggestions, uh, give us some more. Yeah. So those walking simulators, I mean, I get tired of walking sometimes. So they're it's so tough. They're a couch potatoes best friend. When you can just Absolutely. simulate walking by just moving your thumbs. It's glorious. But I promised last month uh, that I would make some sort of connection between LucasArts games and Edith Finch. And it wasn't that difficult. It's actually hard to dig in and find, but the connection's pretty short. Uh, so Edith Finch, developed by Giant Sparrow, a game that previously did the BAFTA award-winning Unfinished Swan in uh, 2012. Did they ever go around to finishing that one, or is that like still vaporware? It's just it's, 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 it's not finished Swan. I know that. No, 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 no. It's the unfinished. It's definitely swan, not no. the finished Swan. Okay. Uh, but they got an award for it, so that's cool. I mean, why well, that's finish neat. it, right? Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why do any more? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, you want to just call it unfinished? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, we already got an award. Why finish it? All right. We're idiots. Uh, the creative director <laughs> of the company and both of those games is a man named Ian Dallas. Now, after this BA, Ian Dallas got his BA in film studies from Yale. He went on to get his MF in MFA from USC, the real one, not your East Coast elite one USC, just north of Georgia USC. Did you call, did you call South Carolina elite? Elitist All right. with their white suits they and their colonel. Yeah. Is that South Carolina? I don't know. What no. There. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, South know. Carolina fried they chicken. They have good You're barbecue. Right. Go on. Okay. Anyway. Oh, that pulled pork. <laughs> so good. Uh, he worked at The Onion for a few years. Uh, and after that, he worked at Telltale Games, which was founded by some people that left LucasArts. Uh, but also, while he was at Telltale for like five months. Kevin Bacon. He worked with Kevin Bacon in yes. The Invisible Man. No, there what's it go. called? The Invisible... Uh, Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Thank you. Oh, he no, he was the writer and designer on Sam and Max season two. Again, a LucasArts game. So we got a couple connections there at the end there. But I dug even deeper. I know, even deeper. It's hard. I found a list of headlines on his website <laughs> that he claims were onion headlines. He wrote while working at the onion, a couple dozen of them. And I saved my five favorite for you. Are you ready? I'm so excited. I'm going to stop looking. Have at you them. started reading? Them. Don't go read them. Yet. I, I, I just saw the first one. Right. Go on. First one. MIT researchers discover each other. And I apologize if I read this incorrectly. Let me know. Feel free to fix it if I if I mess it up. Uh, the second headline, copycat killing misses subtleties of the original. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him before he sold out. Uh, the next one, 6,000 marathon runners fail to discover the cure for breast cancer. Oh. It's rough. It's wow. pretty rough. Very, yeah. It's very uh, 2005 onion. It's not. Uh, yeah, onion. yeah, yeah. Not, as, not the woke onion we know so, so <laughs> well today. No. Uh, best opera singer of her generation, unknown by her generation. That yeah. one actually got me to like yeah. laugh. That's audibly, solid. yeah. By the by the way, today's Onion headline writers actually work for Elon Musk, um, not for the Onion. So there you go. Wow, wow, that's true. Well, they work for both, so that's okay. Yeah. Uh, the last one is op-ed. Well, I think we've finally seen the last of that unstoppable killing machine. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Those are pretty oh. good. So he did that, and then he went to go write Sam and Max, which is just, those line up perfectly for me. All right, All so right. let's start with the gameplay. Uh, no, let's and start with kind the of... spoilers. Okay, yeah, right. good call. We Warning. are about to spoil Warning. this game. Warning. And, Ben, I told you it's a two-hour playthrough, and you're like, dude, it's not a two-hour game. There's no way. I just started it. I can feel there's a lot more to this. It's going to take like four hours. It's, yeah. it's a solid game. I'm like, everything I've read says it's a two-hour game. It's like, no, it's not a two-hour game. It's like, all right, I'll go play it. And I called him two two hours later and, you know, through the tears. So I said, it's, it's a two-hour game. And uh, so it is. All that to say, go spend two hours playing this game. Do not listen to another minute of this before you go play it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can play it on many, many different devices. So uh, please do that. Um, Rosebud is the sled. Yeah, I didn't believe that Jason beat the game in two hours, but he didn't because the game beat him. Oh, it beat me so bad. Too too real. Too soon. All right. So I think the best way to do this, is there's, there's like 12, 8, I don't know, somewhere in there, family members that you go through. Again, spoilers. Everyone dies, right? It's the spoiler. Everyone <laughs> dies. By the way, spoiler alert for real life, too. Oh, too real. We're going to have a lot of those moments. <laughs> no, no, that's, no, that is straight up the message of the game. That's true. So, uh, well, see you guys yeah, next month. <laughs> the basic idea is there's the Finch family and they have a curse on them, right? Right. And so she goes through and lists all the deaths that everybody in her family has had, including her great grandmother who died of old age. Like, that's not a curse. 
that's what happens. That's life. In other True. words, literally everyone she's ever been related to has died or will die. Yeah, yeah, me too. What? It's called it's called being human, <laughs> uh, which is the point of the game. They never get into really where did the curse come from? What is the origin of this? Why is it a curse? Because the point is, it's not a curse. The curse is life. Life always ends. So let's get um, into it right now. One of my big gripes with the game, and I have a couple of them, was I thought the storytelling, what, the kind of constantly changing mechanics, the mini games, the crawling around the house, how diverse and fun each of them were in their own way. I thought the storytelling of those was much better than the overall story itself. Mm. Because to me, was it anything more than just an unlucky family? And again, like everyone dies, right? But yeah. obviously a lot of these deaths were pretty tragic and came very young and came in these wild circumstances and stuff. So it's not just like everyone died in their old age or whatever. I think the message is that death is waiting for all of us. So live your best life now. And there is no curse. The curse literally is just that life ends in death. And it's something we all have to face. Uh, it's a major theme of literature. So uh, we'll, we'll jump right to the end and then we're going to go step by step. But yeah. right in the end, Again, we spoiled, right? You're not still listening. Turn it off. All right. right. You find out that Edith Finch is dead. Yeah. And that the person that you started the game playing as is actually her son, who is reading the uh, the diary of Edith Finch. And it's it's kind of heartbreaking. You start the minigame as him actually exiting the womb. Uh, and so it seems as though she probably died in childbirth. I think her, her right. uh, death date is 2017. Um, but she says something to the effect of, if you're reading this, or no, I really want to tell you all these things in person, but if you're reading yep. this, that means that didn't happen. Yep. And the tears started to come for me and yeah. all that. Um, and I think we write it off because it's it's a video game. We're like, yeah, yeah, death happens. You know, it's, it's, no, 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 this is like one of the main themes of literature. Yeah. That one scene is one of the best tellings of uh, the line from Beckett's Waiting for Godot. We are born astride the grave. And the gravedigger puts on the forceps, which is wow. a freaking line and a great kick wow. song. Oh, good call. The stonemason does all the work. Ugh. The barber can give you a haircut and the carpenter can take, take you, you out, out to lunch. lunch. Wow, man. I love that band. Okay, so I'm, let's get back into this heavy stuff a little later because I have a lot more thoughts yes. on it. Let's, let's gameplay. Let's, let's go through. But I just want to, to, to explain why I love the ending. So yeah, let's side, get into it. One, one last thing just on that. As you were talking, I realized the title of the game. What remains yeah. of Edith Finch? The double meaning of the word remains. One, obviously, someone's remains, right? It's like your cremation or your body after you're dead is your remains. But also, what remains of all of us when we're dead is our family, our kids. Like, that is literally the closest thing to me after I'm dead that remains behind. And the game ends on Edith Finch's son. There, there is something else that remains. And I think there's something else that Edith Finch is pointing at which is that art outlives us and art is a way of achieving immortality, which is another major theme mm. of literature. Okay. And so what remains of Edith Finch? Her diary, which was yes. a discovery of her own family. It links yes. these two things, but it's the art that you made in telling the story. Uh, the classic example of this is, uh, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Uh, mm. Sonnet 19 from Shakespeare, or sorry, Sonnet 18. So he, he writes this whole thing. He's talking about how great she is, uh, his, his love. And then he says... Um, but don't worry, you're not going to grow old and die. Because so long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. I have granted you immortality by giving you a poem. Is his idea. Um, and that's, that's what Ian Dallas did, right? He has achieved immortality in a sense. Right. He will live on after his death because 
I, I do think Edith Finch is the kind of game that people will still talk about, assuming people are still talking about games. Uh, it was a very important game this year. Yep. Fair enough. All right. So again, back to the lighter side of things. Let's just go <laughs> Sorry. family member by family member through the family tree, right? You yep. start out, Edith Finch, you're going back to your family house, your ancestral home in uh, in the Pacific Northwest on the coast in the Orcas Islands, I believe. Yes. And you are kind of going through the house, discovering journals. I guess if you're at this point, you've played the game, right? So the first journal, the first room you find is Molly's. And the mini game or whatever is you're playing as a bunch of animals. It's the closest game we've played to everything. The game yep. everything since then, right? Which and is dude, cool. I started, I started out timid here. Like she says, but I was so hungry and she starts eating things. And I'm she, like, she's eating like, well, not, she's eating like the gerbils stuff and like yeah. toothpaste. Oh, gosh, I was so and terrified I, she was going to poison Yeah, her. you were there. Okay, so you saw the toothpaste. I'm like, she's going to poison I'm going to start this game by poisoning the kid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it, it was much more fun than that. You play as a shark. Uh, you play as a cat. You play as a, an owl. It's all really fun. Uh, you play as some kind of uh, shuggath or unspeakable horror. Monster. Uh, yeah. Which comes up on a ship and eats a bunch of people uh, and then hides under her bed. Yeah. And she ends it. With, uh, if, you know, if you're reading this, I'm gone, which, spoiler alert, that's where we're headed with the whole game. Um, because I know that he's very hungry, and I know that I will be delicious. Yes. Great line. So good. So then you crawl along, you find Odin's room, Odin's place, uh-huh. and that's kind of the, just the 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 viewmaster, right? This is the guy that founded yeah. the family that moved from, where was it from? Sweden? Sure. He's, yeah. <laughs> Definitely from Sweden. Uh, came over. Founded the family home, built the home. This is the guy, right? That built the home that washed to shore, washed to sea. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the 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 he takes the home and and takes it from his his homeland all the way to America. Yes, uh, in an effort to kind of That's free right. himself from the curse. Thank you. And as um, they were finding land, they yeah. got crashed in the waves, and the, their family home crashed at sea. And, and he went down with it. Yeah. And there's the great memorial to him that you discover later, the gravesite that is just. Him on top of the house, like sinking into the water. So good, so uh, good. Oh my gosh! As his family in a rowboat is like crying, I know. and that's all part of the sculpture. Like oh it's my gosh. beautiful. It's so good, masterfully done. And uh, then you have Calvin, uh, one of the twins, I believe. Right? I think it was Calvin and Sam were the two twins. It's quite possible. I was going to say Walter because I thought that Walter went to the bunker because Calvin died. But Calvin was definitely one of the twins. Uh, all right. Yep. <laughs> Because he's the next one we're talking about. And oh, no, he, you're right. You're absolutely right. He was Sam's brother. It was Calvin and Sam? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Calvin liked to, He was obsessed with space and rockets, and he died. Or he, I guess he wanted to flip his swing upside down, mm-hmm. and he died doing that. He fell off the swing and yep. fell off a cliff, which is really tragic. And we don't know, really know how Molly died either, but I'm no, assuming it was falling out of the tree, chasing the yep. bird. Uh, or maybe she just got sick. I mean, you know, that's it, true. It she was be, hungry. Why else? Yeah, she was super yeah. hungry. That's true. Could be so many different things. Uh, One of the cool things about um, Calvin is uh, the the mechanic that each yeah. of the dual sticks, uh, the joysticks, uh, controls a different leg, and you have to pump on the swing. Um, to me, the coolest thing was as this narration is happening, and I think his uh, brother is talking about you know you would never would have done this if I hadn't said that you couldn't do it. Yeah. So he always wanted to do what you couldn't do. Or maybe it's his mother or sister. I can't remember. But I knew that he wasn't going to make it around because that's silly. Yeah. You're not going to make it around the tree. Because we've all tried that. Yeah. And so you're gonna, he's just going to fly off. And it was so 
freaking satisfying yeah. when he went around the branch. Like three times. The wind, yeah. everything is shaking. It was shaking. like, you did it. Oh. You did it. You went out on top, kid. That's the way to do it. That's and the way he, life well lived. And the way he falls out down the cliff isn't, I'm falling to my death. It was flying through the clouds. Yes. Yep. Which was a really cool way to do that. Really beautiful. Uh, and then you have Barbara, the family star. The, uh, the, the child star, I guess, who was yep. in the Bigfoot movie. Yep. Uh, and yeah, Barbara Finch. And this, I, I'm sure was your favorite. It was one of my favorites, uh, which was the comic book story. Yeah. Which was so well done. And it Love was the this like keeper character, campy crypt keeper, Halloween crypt keeper type comic book you get for free with your kids meal or that kind of comic book. Yep. Uh, and it was this Halloween version of it. Oh man, it was so well done. And I like yep. the, the fake ending of the boyfriend just hiding in the fridge. Right. It was like, oh, not a real horror movie. And then, or not a real horror story. And then it ends with her being eaten alive by her fans. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool. And uh, cool. yeah, you, do you know that the Crypt Keeper uh, from Tales from the Crypt actually did start in a comic book? That's the origin. I did not know that. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt is originally some comics from the 50s and 60s. I wasn't allowed to watch that. That the Comic Court Authority was created to uh, make sure that comics were just for kids and not too scary. Well, they were too scary. Yeah. And then the uh, guy who ran it, uh, ran EC Comics, Erie Comics, folded the whole thing and started a magazine because they couldn't uh, keep him from doing magazines. And that magazine was called Mad Magazine. Whoa. Nice yeah. Again. Well, what, and then he. Kevin Bacon. Worked at LucasArts. With, <laughs> with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Got it. Cool. Uh, by the way, what happened to Rick? Oh, Rick killed her. No, I know. And he just oh. bailed. I was that whole game. I was like, oh, Rick's going to come back and Edith yeah. is going to have to fight Rick. Yeah. Or Rick's going to kill Edith. Yeah. No, yeah. Not that kind of game, I guess. No, evidently not. Well, it's, it's the comic, right? It's the comic's fault. It's not the game. I guess, man. But that's the great thing about these frame narratives. It's, it's so many un- of these. It's a, it's a series of unreliable narrators. Yes, yes, yes. And then we have crazy Walter living in the bunker. Things shaking at midnight every night. Is he crazy, though? Noon. Was it noon? It had to be noon. Based Why? upon <laughs> could have been a how that story ends. Oh, it was the sun. You're right. My yeah, bad. The sun you're is right. Out. You're right. You're right. You're right. He could feel the sun on his face. Poor guy. He did. He did one last time. One more day. It was nice. He didn't really care if he died or not because he really just wanted to feel the sun on his face. Yeah, one more did. second. Yeah. So. <sighs> well, he gets he gets stopped. He's saying, you know, one more year, one more month, one more week, one more day would be. Enough. Oh. How about one more second? That's all you're getting, bud. 30 years. They do. Another thing they do here, they do a good job of retracing everyone's steps you know you do it as the character and oftentimes you retrace their exact same steps with edith after that story ends yeah yeah and they do it in a way where even just the lighting being different or stuff being moved years and years later or 50 years later sometimes it doesn't feel like you're just like oh i have to walk over here now i never felt that shrug which you feel a lot in so many games of like i have to walk all the way over there now i just walked over there like very few times we have to retrace anything not not a wasted step yeah 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 i, yeah, I exactly. completely agree a lot of times, in fact, when I was like, oh, I wish I'd gone there earlier. That was open. I can't believe like so many Even, moments like that kind of in Firewatch was the last game I think to do that to me. Where I was like, oh, like, how is this here the whole time? And I didn't notice it. Even more so, there was a feeling, especially early on, that I was in an open world and that I was wandering. Yeah. You know, first you get the two paths to the house. Which one did you and choose? I was, and I was like, oh, clearly they want me to take the one to the right. Yeah, me I'm too. going to the left. Yeah, I want too. to explore this area. Yeah. Oh, I came to the house and I turn around and it looks like the two pads combined again. And I go, I get it. I yeah. get it, game. None of my choices matter. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. But you're yes. going to keep giving me the illusion of choice and I like it. That's how did you get into the house? OK, so yeah, that's interesting. I went around to the left. And I went through the doggy door. Me too. OK, 
But I think the illusion of choice is something that frustrates walking simulator players a lot. And I think it's that choice of like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay with having the illusion of choice and just enjoying the story as opposed to I'm constantly frustrated by this lack of open worldness that you've given me. Yeah. Yeah. And lying to me because it seems like an open world, but it's not. It's It's a single line. Um, yeah well let's talk yeah. about the idea of uh environmental storytelling then yeah um so environmental storytelling is often coupled with walking simulators um you know you pick up a book and the book tells you a little bit more about the story uh think of bioshock all the little stories you find along the way that that kind of add up to the entire thing All right and that's part of environmental storytelling i think it's what people typically think about but the real bioshock environmental storytelling is when you walk into a room and there is uh clearly somebody was vivisected in here Oh, yeah. And, you know, you start to put it all together and you put together the story, not because anybody tells you the story, but because you see the things around you. And so Edith Finch, I think, does rely almost, you know, most of the story we get is told to us directly. It's really, really clear. Words appear on the screen. It's like watching a book. And there are some places, though, and I think the ones you were just pointing at where after you hear someone's story, you end up walking through the area where the story just happened and you see the effects and that's that other layer of environmental storytelling that I think is so much more interesting and so exciting. I think that Edith Finch did do very, very well. Or even before it happens, I think, uh, when, you walk, when you're walking up to Walter's room very early on, uh, you're walking through his room when you first discover the secret passages, right? That's the thing that your key goes to. Yep. Uh, and you see the, uh, like the banister or whatever it is, the railing that is broken through. Yep. And that's where I noticed. I was like, oh, crap. Something's going to happen or something has happened. I don't know what's going to happen here. Or it's just cool art art director was just like oh let's put a broken banister so and then you find out halfway through i guess a couple stories later that it was the guy the hook hands guy that fell through there that's a great thing because did he exist that's a good point because i I was gonna say the hook hand guy didn't exist that was you know a fiction created by the comic but he left a mark on the staircase i never even thought about that ben huh yeah yeah and some of it was real because walter was real obviously and i mean huh I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, there's a lot of questions in this in this video game that I think were answered by details if we played it again, yeah. uh, and also the, some that they want us to just ask that don't have answers to. Right? That, I think yeah. that's kind of a key part of this game. Is like the game what it is what it is. We're gonna ask questions sometimes that, or you're gonna ask questions sometimes that we there are no answers to. Yep. There is no. This is how. This is what really happened because of all the unreliable narrators. Yep. And it's it's uh, it's playing on these lines. I think we talked about these before: the diegetic and the hypodiegetic. Yes. The diegetic is the main story. The hypodiegetic is the story within the story. And the extra diegetic is the thing outside the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, save screens and things like that. There's very little extra diegetic. There's not a lot of winks here, where there's you know a moment where it's like, and then here is a reference to a Telltale game to remind you that I was at Telltale or something like that. Um, the closest I could get to that, by the way, is that. Um, in Molly's flashback, uh, she sees a uh, book by Borges on the wall. And, you know, I got to say, uh, Borges had not been translated into English in 1947 wow. at that point. Uh, wow. So it kind of threw me out of the game a little bit. Maybe she was and reading somebody's the gonna write in and original Cretian version. French? Spanish. Uh, Spanish. Damn it. Third option. Bor- Borges. Yeah. Jason Borges. Got it. I got it. I, I've seen Friday the 13th. Um, I don't know what it would fall under the... Uh, Dianetics or whatever, but it would be the pause menu. The pause menu. Yes. Every story ends with the same visual as the pause menu. It's the family tree. Yep. It's it's is, a it's it's a diegetic extra diegetic. Yeah, which is exactly. Weird. Pretty sweet because uh, pause menus are supposed to be extra di- di- extra diegetic. It's something that only L. Ron Hubbard could really appreciate. 
I You're think. absolutely right. So then we have the hunting trip. Thetans. The hunting trip with, I believe, Dawn, right? It's yep. Edith's mother, Dawn, and her dad, Sam. How she um, killed her dad. How she... Jeez. <laughs> so dark, dude. Yeah. Oh, what a, this was such a cool little family backpacking trip. A little hunting yeah. trip with the dad, right? It's just this, like, happy-go-lucky. The dad's trying to be a good dad. She doesn't really want to shoot the deer, but he's trying to encourage her to be brave. And then he the buck bucks him off a cliff, and he dies. Dude, I laughed so hard. I'm not proud. Uh, that death hit me as so comedic, because I saw it coming in some ways, and I was like, oh. you got the cliff. You got, like, it felt like set-up punchline. And I, I was horrified Especially after well. Walters, right? Because Walters was almost yeah. slapstick, too. Yep. That's yep. true. Um, and then everything changed. And then life got really dark. Uh, and it got really, like, dusty on my face area. It was raining only on my eyes. So, uh, so let, let me give you some background to me before we talk about Gregory. Got a kid. She's six months old. She was in the hospital for the first month of her life. Uh, she's great now. She's super healthy. Uh, real touch and go there at the beginning. Terrifying thing. So when I saw on the pause menu the different years, something jumped out to me. And it was that, I think it's 1976 uh, to 1977 or something like that. And I was yeah, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And as I started to play the different characters, I was like, I'm going to play as a baby that dies. Oh, you figured it out. I knew that that was coming. Yes. And I was like, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> um, ben says so I have to play this game, though. You get the divorce papers, right? Yeah. There's the note on it. Who were they from? It starts. What? I, I was trying to remember who they were from. To who? It was Sam and his first wife, Kay. But who? I believe. She sent them to him or he sent them to her? Oh, he sent them to her. Okay. Um, or he was he was signing them. And I think in signing them, sending it back to her to say, here's a, a note to say, I absolve you. It's not your fault. But it was like I, there was no layer of like you killed our kid. I'm divorcing no, you because of it. No, no, it was okay. And they were already I, having. I, issues, I think the obviously. marriage dissolved because how do you recover from that? And they were already having issues because that's the reason she left the room to talk to him. So yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah, okay, yeah, and yeah. So you play as this kid, and it was. I I started to cry as soon as it came up, and I was like, oh damn, and and then you you have a lot of fun, and there's some fake outs there, right? Yeah, where you think oh, this is where it's gonna happen. Oh no. This isn't how it happened. What? The, the water's all out of the bath. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And then yeah the s- mom comes in and the bubbles. They're like, oh, I'm going to drink the bubbles now or something. Yeah. And then the second I saw the option to hit to start the bath again. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, nope. Don't nope, do it. Fuck you game. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to play my, I'm going to play my frog game for the next two hours. Yep. Yep. I'm out. I am out. Man. Oh. Me and this frog, we're going to hang out. We're going to go start our own game. This Get is over here. Whale. This is not a two-hour game. This is an infinite time game because I'm not going past this screen. <laughs> oh, dude, baby Gregory. But beautiful ending there. Um, really well done, tastefully done cool. in terms of talking about child death. Like, And I love the idea of when Gregory was alone or thought or thought he was alone, we would hear him laughing. And you know, what was going on in his mind? Yeah. What was his imagination? Uh, that was really beautiful. What a great memory for, for someone to have died and never have spoke. To, to be remembered as someone who is happy all the time. And his death is not thought of as less than anyone else's. No, no. Than, um, which is kind of kind of beautiful. All life has this, this yeah. great meaning. Yeah. And then there was his brother, Gus, who was flying a kite uh, at, I was it Sam's next wife? Yes. Wedding, I believe. So, yeah. yeah. Flying the kite, which turned into a really cool mini game. Yeah. Uh, which you're flying the kite. It gets really windy outside and you start picking up all these chairs and lights. I thought that was just a gorgeous shot i played with that for a while just looking at the graphics and the lighting and everything and i'm i'm guessing i didn't get carried away but it, when you walked on the beach earlier in the game 
when Edith, as, as Edith, you see the giant totem pole thing crash to the ground. Yes. So I'm assuming that's the thing that killed Gus. Well, no, there's all the talk about the tent. Yeah, and the gut, the tent flies yeah, the, away. He just put up the tent. I think the tent. I think the tent knocked it over. Yeah, it flew over and it knocked, uh, knocked the totem pole. That's what I mean, though. But yeah, yeah. the totem yeah, yeah. pole fell, fell in. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And but it's so yeah. beautifully done in the game because it looks like a jellyfish. It was cool with the I long spines and the long um, tentacles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and again, the lack of control. He's got this control over the kite. It's the fun thing, and this game is constantly playing on that level of control. You've got control. You've got control. You're dead. Mm-hmm. that you just keep dying over and over and over in these really emotional ways. And in yeah. that one, it's like, he's got control. He's got control. You have so much fun in this mini game. You're making beautiful art by flying chairs through the air with your kite. And all of a sudden it takes off and the thing you were playing with kills you. Yeah. And it goes back to, I think it was the um, Kotaku article called, we should probably talk about the ending of Edith Finch, uh, which I'll link to, but it, it, they talked about the idea that everyone died. I don't know if it was everyone, everyone, hundred percent, but most of the people died doing what they loved. Which makes sense if you're telling you know telling stories about pe- characters you get five minutes with. Obviously, you're going to do the thing that most represents them. But I like that idea. If there's a curse upon a family and they're all dying too early, at least they're doing what they loved, and that's that's pretty beautiful. And that that alone, yeah. if you have to die, might as well be doing something you love. Yeah, the if you have to all... die, by the way, is what I just said. <laughs> you Either you or I have to. Have to. Gonna... For for like other people, if they decide yeah. to die, you know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, none of the de- not all the deaths are necessarily happy, but I'd say they're all meaningful. Even though I think from the outside we would all say, you know, some of these deaths are like meaningless. Like, oh, that's a meaningless death. We'll but get to because that. We'll get to that. the people have lives, they get the death gets full of meaning as well. So maybe we'll, let's get to it right now. So I think that the another gripe I had, what really grinds my gears, uh, really irks my Edith. I don't know. Anyway, uh, is the way that they they dealt with death seemed kind of incongruous with like the nature and story of the game so like if so the two paths right to deal with death in this game or like if i'm to take all the characters and the story to heart is like in-depth and personal and just like let it affect me genuinely right as i'm playing the game and tear up and stuff like that as i started to do towards as, towards the beginning the first half of the game then i don't have the emotional capacity to deal with a dozen people that i'm like desperately trying to connect with emotionally all of them dying over the span of two hours. Like that's too much for anyone to handle for me to handle for sure. Yeah. And then what I started to slip into was this, the other path, which is this like objective viewer. And maybe it's also like the writer and storyteller part of my brain that can get behind the idea of like characters being tools and pawns in a creative's mind. That's like, you know, their lives are as meaningful as any other graphic or sprite or tool on in the game, right? As the ocean, as the, the can of tuna or whatever it is. The only problem I have is that with that view, I'm not able to be as affected as personally or as emotionally by the story or the characters. And the game stands as more of like an intellectual or like creative feat, which I can appreciate mostly for the most part. But I feel like it, I can't do as much as I can with Gone Home, where I don't think I can't remember the game. This isn't a spoiler for Gone Home. I don't care. I don't think anyone dies, but it still affected me deeply emotionally, yeah. personally. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Well, and it's, a much longer time spent with one character who is not the player character, right? The emotional connection is not to the player character. Oh, you were Sam. But to Sam yes. and Gone Home. Yes, and Gone Home. And so you, you do have some connection to your own character, but it's not as extensive. That's true. And so I think that you're right in that that connection gets distributed across a few characters, but I don't think it gets distributed across all 12. No. Uh, you're not necessarily too emotional, meant to emotionally connect with Molly, except in kind of a fun way. Same with Odin and Calvin. It really starts to pick up when you get to Sam and Gregory. Gregory's and the big I think one, th- yeah. Things start to escalate then. 
Uh, and then there's some ups and some downs. You know, Gus is is fun, and there's some meaning. And then we get into Milton, Let's get, uh, which let's I think we're just about yeah. to cover. We can continue moving along, uh, which is, again, just a, a kind of fun, cute minigame. Uh, Milton uh, paints a, a, finds a magical paintbrush and paints a door that he can disappear into. Um, and so Milton never dies. Milton just disappears. Which, again, I, I, I'm in a quick Google search would solve this for me, but I wonder if there's some sort of Easter egg that's like, oh, he's the guy that mailed you the key. Or, like, he, you know, there's some sort of, like, big tie-in where, like, he was actually watching out for the family in a really crappy way or Whatever it is, where or maybe she named her son Milton, or I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there needed to be more of a tie-in, but there are a, some weird tie-ins that never happened to me. Like, where's Rick? Right, we talked about earlier. Like, what happened to the journal that Edie wrote Edith that her mom like yeah, just tore away from her? Nice. I was like, oh well, mm. she she's like, you're gonna tear it. Oh my gosh! And they're like, oh, so I'm gonna find half this book later, and like, yep. never comes back. Nope. And a lot of those things we've learned over the past two years happens because games are games right they're physical things that right. a dozen or 300 people or whoever it is put together and there's a budget and a release date they have to get rid of it or they have to ship it so i understand there's going to be those things those seem like really big things though to me like there was no tie-in for any of them at least obvious enough to get in one playthrough I, and i think those two ones milton's disappearance and the other half of ed's journal i don't need to know where rick went that's true right because uh, rick where did rick go rick went to prison <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, that's true. Or that's true. I, I hope, you know, because right. right. Rick definitely killed Barbara. Yeah. But the uncertainty that is coupled with death here, yeah. that we don't get closure. Lots of these deaths, we get closure, most of them. Milton's disappearance, we don't. And it doesn't affect us that much because it's, it's a fun minigame. We don't know much about sure. Milton, except he, he's likable. I like yeah. Milton. Yeah, yeah. He, he, leaves the, he does the most environmental storytelling because he paints all over the house. Right. And Edie's journal. We don't get the second half of it. And it's such a gripping story that I cannot believe that that is an accident. Right. Yeah. That was intentional. They were telling an amazing story. You are. Well, we'll get there in a second. And then yeah. it cuts off halfway. Yeah. Which is what death is. It's going to cut you off in the middle of your book. It's not going to come when you. That's want a good. To. That's Hey, that's actually a good answer for why didn't they bring these things back? Just the lesson of like, you don't get the answer to every single story you start, no matter yeah. what. Ah, oh, man. Lewis. The, right. the most famous part of the game, I think, in terms of gameplay, in terms of game mechanics. It, it, had you heard of this before? No, but I saw it uh, in the trailer. It was really, and when people talked about it, when I read reviews, it was the one that people kept going back to because it's the the one mini game that I think performs its argument really well. It, and so you, yeah. you you see that a little bit in Calvin when you're doing the swing, right? You can feel the swing, and it's like, oh wow, what a cool mechanic. Yeah. But but with Lewis's, you train your thumb to become oh my gosh a an assembly line worker. It and went on so long, too. It was so, what it's oh like so long. And that, that's what made it so good. The boringness of it was what made it good. Um, and that's that's so tough to achieve, especially in a game that's not boring. And the lack in of rhythm, too. It wasn't like just, yeah. you know, no. like left, right, Correctly. up, left, right, up. No, it was like very three at a time. Nothing for 10 seconds. Just, two at a just time. enough. Just enough to throw you off. It was um, really well done. Easily my favorite part of the whole game. Yeah. And it was tough because... I wanted there to be more mini games like that. Yeah. And I, you know, it's tough. I also don't want it to be like a game of mini games in the sense that like I'm acquiring new skills and like getting better at things the whole way. Cause that's not what that game is. But I liked the idea that it's so different from the idiot, the Edith game. Yeah. Right. It's just so that you're getting inside the mind of this guy. And a lot of the games, even things like the swing, right back to Calvin, his life, he was obsessed with rockets and flying. That's what he wanted to do. So his mini game is him flying. Yeah. So I love the idea of that. 
Barbara's, I guess, I mean, she was made famous, right? That's the moral of her story. And you're the comic. The comic didn't well, so much line up with her, but that's that's the thing. Is Barbara, it's it, it's not even a mechanic. It's a filter. Yeah, it, it feels like a Photoshop filter that we threw out. But the mechanic is the same one you've been doing. You're literally exploring the same room. No, place. yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and so not much mechanic is mechanically is done with that. So I, that's the thing. I, I feel like the potential for this game out of the like one to a hundred potential that this game could have been it, it's like somewhere in the 80s for me because i feel like there's so mm-hmm. many things where i'm like oh it's awesome except for this one little thing like it's so good except why didn't we get to here and i i could see how most people could get that closer to the 90s for me or closer to whatever weird rating scale this is but like lewis's was so well done and his side story of being the king and going from like the tiny little like eight bit thing to this like immersive first person like king oh it's so well done just beautiful and the whole time you're doing the fish thing too and i'm like waiting for my you know waiting to chop your hand off right yep and they find a way to break with heteronormativity in the middle of the game oh dude that was so good like, subtle quick yes interesting oh. um, okay so here's the the question i'll pose for you then because i actually think yeah let's do it i think it's it's kind of perfect in its fragility in that it's it's really ba- balanced well That's between fair. all these different That's stories fair. so that Lewis does feel like the apex. Yes. It feels like we have done it. This is it. This is the story I want you to remember the most. That's fair. Because you are a person who is sitting there doing repetitive motion for hours right now. That's a good And I point. want you to think about your life. All right. And would – so Lewis is an A, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe Barbara's a C. Sure. like the story, but in terms of game mechanics, maybe it's a D. Sure. But I, I like if, the, the story and the, the presentation enough to bring that D yeah. way up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, what if we could have introduced some cool creative gameplay mechanic? Uh, some kind of way of screaming, right? So it sure. really gets Barbara's scream. Sure, sure. So you've got to scream into your controller. Right. And it works. And it's, <laughs> and it's amazing. Now, and now Barbara's at least a B plus. Sure. If not an A minus. And, and then we can ramp up Sam's a little bit. And then we can ramp up, you know, uh, Walter's just a little bit. And now you've got a series of A's. And Lewis, I don't care about as much. Oh, it's so cool though. It like it it would not have that same effect. Yeah. If all of them had had that same effect. If Milton's flip book didn't come right before it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the it's the the really stark simplicity of Milton's flip book that lets Lewis's story soar. Yeah. In, because it's simple in a completely different way. That's true. That's fair. Uh, and then you even get a, a little bit of a lull after that, right? Because then you have you break. You break, I was going to say into the present, but you don't break into the present. You break into 10 years after that or whatever that is when you're having your last dinner at, at the house with Edie and your mom. And by the way, you're you're Edith when I'm saying you. <laughs> yep, you get the me. book from Edie. It's the history of your family. It gets ripped. You leave. And you say Edie died of old age. Yeah, it doesn't say. I say she was mixing alcohol with meds. Oh, not a bad idea. Yeah, not a bad call. <laughs> She may have been committing suicide. Her daughter was like, please don't do that. And she's like, leave the room, Edith. (laughs) I was like, cool. All right. Well, that's dark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good call. Wow. I can't believe I, yeah, completely missed that. You're right. Uh, Edie committed suicide. Yeah. Edie committed suicide. Yeah. 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 Because that that was my other issue with Edie's story is that's the only one there that's not about her death. Her journal is not when she died. Yeah. And everything else is you're discovering something that's about the person's death. Well, no one wrote a journal about their own death, though. Right, right. But, I mean, you get a story about someone else's life written from somebody who survived them. Or you get a something that does it so that the game you play is you play every single other character, you play them dying. Yes. Well, maybe that's the whole point is that not everyone's life can have all the meaning in the world at the time of their death. Yeah. And, and so she chose the moment that had the most meaning. Yeah. Which, again, 
didn't really happen. And that was the night Edith was born. Yeah. Well, that's a cool tie-in. Yeah. Um, to make it's it... almost as though we're born astride the grave. Go on. Wow. It's getting real. All right. So, uh, and then you have, I think, just voiceover narrative, right, of saying that Dawn dies with cancer, some sort of sickness, I believe. Yep. And then that's when Edith gets the letter. The game... And, and real quick, yeah. I, I don't want to skip Edie's game mechanic, because I thought going down there and getting lost in the fog was one of the coolest things ever. That was dope. I, I wish... As soon as I saw the buck, I was like, oh, this would be a cool like retread of all of the stories to tie him in. Yep. Oh, totally thought. And it didn't happen, which I, I'm, I'm okay with. And I don't know how they would have brought in like the comic and the bunker and like right. certain things. But you felt it happening. And that puts you in that perfect Maybe moment that was so that when the book gets ripped in half, you're real. That's true. Real upset about it. That's like, true. That's I am thought. still reading that, mom. Yeah. Or I was like waiting to find Odin's body or, you know, I was wait. Yeah. There was yep. a lot of anticipation happening as that was happening. That's true. Uh, but you never get to play as Dawn. No. Right? You never do. Interesting. I guess you're playing as Dawn, as Edith. And you're Dawn's kid, maybe? I don't know what the, don't know. What the thought there is. Yeah, no, it's an interesting thing. I'm not sure if there's a meaning to it um, yeah. or not. But yeah, you never play as Dawn. Well, yeah. And then you're you're Edith and you're writing the letter. Well, yeah, like we said earlier, writing the journal to your son. And your cheeks start to get wet. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, and then you actually, the son's gameplay mechanic of going through the birth canal. Um, oh my gosh. It's so great. Um, oh my gosh. I can't. So yeah. I had, you know this, and I don't, listeners, friends of mine know this, but I had three people pretty close to me die last year. If I had played this when this came out, there's no doubt in my mind that I would have thought I was cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Like even playing this now, just like, I'm just getting out of this, like, death cloud it feels 2017 it feels like yeah. which is again this is like a very real episode of men of low moral fiber right <laughs> like... tonight on a very special episode of men of low moral fiber <laughs> i'm sorry uh, we'll talk about monkey island uh curse of monkey island later this year i promise uh but yeah is that a three-headed monkey behind you no it's <laughs> no. the specter of death <laughs> it's, it comes for us all it's, it's following me uh we will not make it through the night all right so oh. <laughs> So yeah, I, I think even just playing this with so much death, I think I had to take what I was talking about earlier, that objective viewer role of like, I can't invest myself into this game because I'm still working my own stuff out with death. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's a dark game. Dark game. It's a freaking dark game. I, I think it's also a really hopeful game in that um, addressing death is not necessarily, it doesn't have to be depressing. That's true. That's a good it, call. It can be a, and so it, it's just real. You will yeah. die. Yeah. We will all die. All the people that we care about. The the best case scenario for me and my kids is that I die before they do. Right. Because it would be heartbreaking to watch them die. Yeah. And that's not super hopeful, it doesn't sound like. But that's all of life. Right. It, it just hovers behind it. And we don't have to pretend it's not there. Instead, realize it's there and enjoy those moments that you have. So yeah. you do have this moment right now. An interesting conversation I've had with like, I've had this conversation probably a dozen times over the past five years. My wife works for hospice in our town and people find that out when we meet them or whatever. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, that's dark. That's, that's rough. She deals with death a lot. I was like, yeah, she does. But at the same time, hospice is for the most part, the best way to die. Yeah. Like if you have to die, you're hopefully doing it. Hopefully in old age and not everyone in hospice is in old age probably, but you know, the idea that at least you're taking care of your painless, your, with family at least as painlessly as possible you know it's a lot better than most deaths yeah and so I, the idea of like there can be good death is something i've been thinking about for the past couple of years since since hannah's had that job but it's weird 
Yeah. Yeah, and to the extent that we can the extent that we can postpone death, it's great. Right. But we all know that that it's a losing game. Yeah. We're we're just playing against the clock. Um when I was at the hospital, I saw a flyer uh on the elevator and I'd watch walk past every time I got in the elevator and it it had the three saddest words in the English language put together. I I never would have thought of these. It was a flyer for pediatric palliative care. Oh gosh, dude. And I just I would just break every time I saw it. And oh man. Yeah, that is dark. And it is sad. But what do we do about that? Yeah. Um and that's where I think that Edith Finch does shine is it, I don't think it wants us to just feel sad. It celebrates life. Yeah. One it's okay if we just keep doing death stories. Uh, let's let's talk about some more <laughs> last one and then we'll get into like beer and music and stuff and stuff but uh or no we'll, we'll get into more reception stuff no, right? we're, we're gonna get mad at ian bogos yes yeah so sure. last last death one is the happiest person i've ever met in my life her name is molly great friend of mine from college still a great friend of mine uh just like you know molly right you've met molly a couple yeah, times yes i'm terrified that you're gonna tell me that she died so that's not she's okay. alive she's doing great she's married she's amazing everything's good uh when we were in college she was studying to be a nurse she's a nurse now she was studying to be, so she was the bubbliest, happiest, but also at the same time, most genuine person. Like, I don't know how she balanced all of the like reality with being positive. That's not who I am, but she inspired me to be a better person every time I hung out with her. Uh, and she wanted to be a pediatric on or work in pediatric oncology. Mm. That was her dream. Her first year out of nursing school. That's what she did. And now she's like the head nurse or whatever it's called on that pediatric oncology of one of the biggest hospitals in California. Yeah. Uh, but she's doing her dream. And that, that's, while that sounds depressing, that's also the place where I would want the happiest, bubbliest, most real, genuine person to go work. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? The kids who are seeming you know, are the darkest place that we can imagine. And she's making their lives better every day. Yeah. All right. Should I... Yeah, I remember asking, uh, our mom was a neonatal nurse practitioner for decades. And I remember asking her one time, you know, did you ever how many kids you know, die? She's like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of constantly. Jeez. You know, if, if, we're, if I'm caring for them, then yeah. And she said, you know, I said, what do you do? And she's like, well, you just hold them. And I would just, you know, walk around the hospital holding a baby, knowing that the baby was going to die. There was nothing we could do about that. We could just try to make sure that their short life was fulfilling and good for them. Jeez, man. <sighs> so yeah, you can tell that we have combined uh, five, Five little girls. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, as, as new, still newish parents, I think the Greg stuff hit us really hard. And so we're going to be working through this game for a while. <laughs> yeah. And this game is helping us work through stuff. I mean, yeah. I told a friend about this experience. He was like, wow, video games is therapy. And I was like, yeah, straight up it was. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, I think I got some stuff to work through. Cool. Yeah. A lot of stuff that isn't that we don't like to think about, but we probably should at least to process it a little better for sure. Yeah. And I will, <clears throat> one thing we'll link to in the notes is a scientific paper I just came across um, about how good death anxiety or how good uh, humility is in terms of dealing with death. Cause mm. humility is uh, the aware, a, a really honest appraisal of yourself. Yeah. It's not viewing yourself low. It's just saying, you know, this is who I am. And uh, this is a great psychological study that found uh, that people who can do that, if they think about death, it makes them less Islamophobic and more able to deal with temptation. And it had like five other things that it did. It was amazing. Like, if you can realize that you are going to die and you can actually think about that, it will make you a better person. That's cool. I, I, that, yeah. I feel like sometimes I obsess about death. So that makes me feel better. 
<laughs> they're like, okay, that's not totally fruitless. No. Coupling those together, not just humility, but also and thinking about death. Right, right. Not constantly, but being but being in the study, they actually had people think about death for a second and then right. move on. Uh, should we talk about Greg Greg Proops? Talk about Greg Proops. Greg Proops? Smartest man in the world. No, Greg Proops is the guy. He's the commentator from... Oh, he was in... Whose Line Is It Anyway? He was also the commentator he, he from... He was also from episode one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he was both voices, too. Uh, damn it, you might be right. Anyway, who are we talking about, though? Pro- Provost? Provost? Oh, Bogus. Bogus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So when Edith Finch came out, yeah. the quick thing about the reception was there are a lot of what would be hard, called hardcore gamer, which is, by the way, a pretty gendered term, pretty pretty male you know, kind of thing, thinking of yourself as hardcore. And a lot of hardcore gamers were like, it's not a real game. It's a movie that you walk through. I had to do a bunch of reading. It sucked. <laughs> Which, it's cool. If it's not your game, you don't have to play it. I'm not here to tell them that they're wrong for not liking it. Like, there's games I don't like. There's games I do. It doesn't connect fine. Sure. But I don't want to get out there and tell you why Dark Souls isn't a real game or something like that. Um, it's, you know, we find different things. But... This came to to its head when uh, Ian Bogust, who is a uh, probably the most famous academic in terms of game studies, he's been on uh, the Colbert Report. Um, I've met him. Um, he's uh, I'm just gonna say I'm not a fan. Sorry for putting the putting it on wax like that. Is it gonna uh, get you in trouble saying that? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, you know, me and Ian, it's not gonna connect. It's fine. Right. Um, went to a party together. He didn't want to talk to me. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, you probably got your own stuff going on. Yeah. So don't get fired. Anyway, Ian writes this article called uh, "Video Games Are Better Without Stories," and that's the basic argument of it. And he picks out he used Edith Finch as his way to get into it. It came out I think a week after Edith Finch came out, and he said, "You know, let's let's look at Edith Finch and let me tell you why this is not a good game." Uh, and you know, it, it tells its story well, it does these things well, but everything that it does could be done just as well, if not better. By being a novel instead of a game. Hmm. And so like the first thing I want to say is, one, that's just flat out wrong. We spent so much time talking about the gameplay mechanics. Right. right? Not the story like, of the mini, mini game necessarily. Yeah. The, the mechanics made their point. It's actually the things that um, were really important in an academic book called Procedural Rhetoric by a guy named Ian Bogost. Oh, interesting. You talked about this. You know this stuff, Ian. All right, cool. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Um, so... That then led to a lot of other responses, and we're going to link to an article. We'll both link to Ian's article and then a response that does a great job of just kind of pulling together all the responses to Ian Bogost and kind of summing them up. Yeah. Where people were like, you know what? It is human to tell stories. Actually, I had a, a student of mine teach this in my gender and sexuality in video games class uh, last week. And uh, the way she did it is she had the students do an exercise where they had to work together and create a game, an idea for a game that had no story. And she said... I want that game to be about gender and sexuality in some way to say something about gender and sexuality. And they basically, they all came back together and were like, I couldn't do it. I failed. Right. So here I got bases I could, but it has a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the arguments is made in one of the follow-up pieces that even Pong has a story. You can't play Pong without thinking in some sense that you're standing across the table from someone else. Right. Right. Your brain just creates stories. That's the way it goes. Uh, and the point of her saying, you know, and make it about gender and sexuality was, even if you could make a game that didn't have a story, what would be the point of it? Right. It, it wouldn't be able to do anything. It would be so removed from human, human experience. Not to say that all games have to be about gender or sexuality, but just that games have to connect to humans in some way. Well, and how do you novelize swinging? Right. 
He can be like, uh, Calvin swung and he went all the way around and then he fell off the cliff. <laughs> that in, in no way encapsulates the Calvin storyline. No, but really he was flying. Like, okay, just imagine that, <laughs> right. like, that, like, you've been swinging for a while. Right. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Let's back so up. Let's back this, up. Yeah. You got like a gamepad in front of you, right? You got to control it. Yeah. And uh, there's these two sticks on it. By the way, I feel like I could do this a better Sanjay. way. Sanjay. Yeah. How did Sanjay die? No, no explanation as to why he died. It's just like, but, yeah, this happened before he died. And that was it. The the reason he doesn't get explained is because he's, of course, not part of the Finch family curse. He's not a Finch. Right. But he still died. Another clue to tell you, there is no curse. It's almost like everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like. <laughs> is that what they're trying to say? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, my gosh. Have All we, right. Have we explained that yet? Is that, <laughs> is that clear? All right. Uh, so you have a favorite point favorite mechanic favorite easter egg any any favorite point in the game it's tough to say a favorite because i think um i think i'll say the one that's gonna sit with me the longest is gregory yeah that's fair no, definitely not a favorite yeah yeah uh you i, I think lewis man lewis is the, yeah. the one which is tough because that was the, the bit first demo they did for this game was the lewis thing like you said it's the one that stands out the most is kind of being like the apex of the game but to me it was just like it broke my brain of just like, how cool is this? How does this not exist in other games? I want to do this more. It was so cool. Yep. yep. Yeah. That was pretty beautiful. awesome. All right. Uh, what's the beer? And what's the song? This game's pretty fun. You with frustration. When I was all done, I just had to question. What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell. I just want to know. What's the beer? All right, so I um I went with Sierra Nevada Glissade, uh, Glissade. Ooh. Anyway, Glissade. Uh, it was a seasonal beer. Um, it, I don't believe it exists anymore. It. I loved this beer, but I chose it because it's not the hip, cool beer nerd beer. Um, it doesn't fit a lot of styles. It's it's a Maybach, which is like not a real popular style, but also. If you like lagers, it's not a style you're going to seek out necessarily. Um, it's really drinkable, really well made. I just really enjoyed it. I mean, if you're a hardcore beer nerd, you want something hoppy or sour or over the top. Or if you're on the other end, you want this lager with this subtle da 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 And it's none of those things. It's mm. just a really good beer. I don't think I've ever had it. No, it, it was only out for, uh, I think, just one season. Uh, oh, because it's according to Beer Advocate, this beer is retired, no longer brewed. That's, it was amazing. <sighs> One of my favorites of all time. Man, well, that sucks to be me then, in that case. Sorry, man. I'm going to go with a Pacific Northwest brewery, Fremont Brewing. Mm-hmm. And this would be, I'm going to give some credit to Sean Thompson and Brent Peterson, uh, members of the Over, Overthink, uh, I was going to say fan club, members of the yes. Overthink family podcast network. Uh, they've, they've been on, yeah, family, whatever it is. Yeah. Throw it in again. And they, they, one of their favorite breweries up in Seattle, I believe it's in Seattle, up near, near Seattle. Uh, and that is B-Bomb. It's their, their annual winter ale. It's their version of the abyss, right? From Deschutes, it's that kind of thing. Uh, and it is a bourbon barrel aged Imperial winter, winter ale. And it's has like, mm. you know, it's like 13% ABV as dark as night, super thick. And it's a little sweeter than abyss. and yeah, it has more of those lighter flavors, I think. Not not quite as bitter. But yeah, it's wax topped and just dark and reminds me of the death that is so recurrent in yep. this game. <laughs> yep. And it's delicious, just like this game. Well, speaking of death. Yep. 
for my song, I chose a fantastic song about death, about family, uh, about curses, uh, Mariner's Revenge by the Decemberists. And as short as Edith Finch is, that's how as long (laughs) as this song is. It is not. Because it's a real long song. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. We are two mariners, a ship's sole survivors in this belly of a whale. Its ribs are ceiling beams, its guts are carpeting. I guess we have some time to kill. What if I just played all eight and a half minutes in of this its song? Entirety. In its entirety. <laughs> amazing. Oh, I was listening to something. What was I listening to today? Um, oh, you know what it was? It was Channel 22. And they're talking about what if in the Oscars next year, they just said like, all right, we'll be back with the best picture winner right after this. And they went to 35 minutes of commercials. People would keep watching. And they're like, well, people do. What would people do? Or, you change the and they kept thinking of things like this, like what if like a radio break? Or, I can't remember what the other ones were, but they were Super hilarious. Bowl. What if the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl was just like, yeah, we just don't come back for the second half, and it's four yeah, hours yeah. later or something. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you'd lose people then. What you do is you break in the middle of the fourth quarter if it's a close. Yes, quarter. I love that. There's so many. I'll have to go back and listen to it because there's oh, some really good that's ones. Great. Anyway, I went with another Pacific Northwestern. I think I did that with Gone Home too. Anything that's Pacific Northwest, I'm like, oh, I have to do a beer and a song from that place otherwise they wouldn't understand things like new york and elitist south carolina man you hate the east coast <laughs> i do i co-created a podcast called west coast bias of course i hate these coast all right uh and i went with sound gardens black hole sun hang my head drown my fear till you all just And I mean, this whole thing is about, I don't know what the song's about, but when you read it in light of Edith Finch, it's about the sun swallowing you whole and death, right? It's about people dying. So uh, yeah, go read the lyrics and go listen to the song and and then try not to kill yourself. Cool. And don't think about the fact that the singer's dead. Oh my gosh, everything sucks. Yeah. He died just like everyone. Just like everyone. (laughs) I hate this. All right. uh, What are we playing next month? Uh, we are going to play a uh, a fine game. You know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say a double. Wow. Fine game. <laughs> wow. We will play Psychonauts. We will play more LucasArts games someday. Oh, but this is this is from Timmy. This Chase. is Timmy. Yeah, it's a Timmy Shafey game. Shafe Dog. Shafe Dog. That's right. <laughs> Big time Timmy Jams. Big time Timmy right. Jams. Uh, the franchise. No. So, it's, it's arrogant. <laughs> We're we're excited. I have played a bunch of Psychonauts. I haven't beaten it. Um, I'm going to go back to it after, I don't know, six months or a year. Yeah. And so I may start it again. But uh, it's really fun. It's a really, really fun game. It holds up well. Um, great gameplay. Really interesting. Um, from what I could tell, I I don't want to go out on a limb and say this, but it's fairly all ages, too. Um, it's uh, you follow a kid. Uh, you're at a camp for uh, people with uh, psychic powers. Uh, you know, normal stuff. Nice. Uh, and then the last segment we have is what else are we playing? You're playing everything else, Jason. Everything else. Everything else. You're you're making up for me because mine is a shorter segment. Yeah. Uh, so last time I talked about uh, Breath of the Wild and then I refused to to talk about it and said, no, no, I'm saying Horizon Zero Dawn. That's the game. Yeah. 
And, and I kind of want to just compare those real quick and say, uh, I am at the end of Breath of the Wild right now. No. I am farming Lionels to get better armor so I can finally kill off Ganon. How, wow, have you, when like, was the last time you talked to your wife? Does she know you're alive? Oh, she, she, she plays with me. It's fun. Um, what was that? So, she plays with me. She plays with me. She watches. It's fun. Um, now, versus Horizon Zero Dawn, where she watched with me every moment of the game. Oh, wow. And when it came to... So so Zelda, I've put it down a few times. I've been like, I don't want to farm Lionels. Yeah. I want to get to the end of the game, but I just want to finish it. Yeah. When I got to the end of Horizon Zero Dawn, I was like, I want to put it off. I want to go do some more side quests. I want to, I want to live in this world. Yeah. I don't want it to end, but I want to find out what the ending is. Yeah. So it, it's just a completely different feeling at the end of the game. Uh, so what have I been playing? I've been playing Cinco Paus. It's on your iPhone. Go buy it. <laughs> uh, it's free? No, it's like four bucks. Uh, five, it's five bucks. In fact, it's Portuguese for five bucks. If you want a free iPhone game, I'll give you one more. Yeah. Girl Jail. Girl Jail. Girl Jail. Okay. Completely free. Feminist message. Bullet hell game. It will take you three minutes. The entire game all the way through is three minutes long. It'll take you probably about 20 minutes to actually do it, though, because you'll keep dying. Cool. And I don't have a, I don't have a good answer. I've been playing, again, when I have a free couple minutes, I play NBA 2K, or I play a month game, or I play guitar. <laughs> well, I, I assign you Girl Jail. I will play Girl Jail. I will get back to you. I'll, I promise to have a better answer next month. How about that? There you go. Cool. All right. Tell the people where they can find us. You can find us on the interwebs all over, actually. Uh, we're kind of blown up these days, but if you want to really track us down, you can find us over at menoflowmoralfiber.com. You can find us on Twitter at MOMFPOD, M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D. Instagram is menoflowmoralfiber, and Facebook is facebook.com slash menoflowmoralfiber. And if you forget all those, like I already have, you can just email us at MOMFPOD, M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D, at gmail.com. Do we have a Twitch stream yet? We don't. Uh, we should though. That'd be kind of fun. We could we could yeah. Twitch all of our uh, our Xbox games and yeah, that'd be that'd be sweet. I twitched the first hour or so of Edith Finch, but I did that on my my personal page. So maybe we'll make a month. Twi- that'd be my my other homework for this month is to make a month Twitch page, and we'll link that out to everybody next month too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely dive into Psychonauts this month, and I'm excited. I mean, this is a game that's been on my list for a long time, so it'll be good to finally play it. I haven't played it at all. Yep. Yeah, stoked. And that's all we have for you. Sorry for the long, dark, deep pod we had for you this month, but we will. It'll be a li- much lighter next month. In fact, probably every month from here on out will be much lighter than this month. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Fair thanks enough. again for joining us. As always, uh, I have been Ben. I will be Jason, and I am Mighty Pirate. And if we live forever, maybe we'd have time to understand things. But as it is, I think the best we can do is try to open our eyes and appreciate how strange and brief all of this is. 